Welcome to the CBA Grain Exchange Podcast. This is your host, Luke Beckman, Grain Sales Manager for Central Valley Ag. During this podcast, we dissect the latest USDA updates and discuss other key market features. Every month, you will hear from different members of the CBA Grain Team on what trends we are seeing in the marketplace and solutions to current marketing challenges. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 44 of the CVA Grain Exchange. Luke Beckman, your host, flying solo today, giving you the update on the July 12th WASD report, supply and demand estimates updated by the USDA today. Uh, this report incorporates the June 30th planted acreage and quarterly stocks data into the numbers. We just had that one uh, at the end of June. So typically a volatile time, uh, late June, early July, as we're dealing with a lot of fresh information from the USDA, uh, from the June 30th data, as well as this update, July 12th. So today uh, we did get the full balance sheet revisions from the USDA. So we'll give you a rundown on those and just some thoughts in general as we go forward with these markets. Uh, Overall markets reacted negatively today to uh, what was a decrease actually in the old crop corn carryout. And we'll start with corn first. We did see demand bumped in that feed and residual category. Uh, If you remember back to June 30th, uh, we did find tighter corn stocks relative to pre-report estimates. And so that essentially uh, allows them to back into what the feed and residual category is. They know what ethanol demand would have been up to this point in the marketing year, as well as exports. So when you do those quarterly measure-ups, you can imply what your feed and residual usage would be uh, for that quarter and up to that point in the marketing year. And so when they found less bushels on June 30th, it basically implied that feed and residual demand was higher, or uh, it means that last year's crop size was overstated when they finalized the January production data uh, this past January. So either way, Uh, They're accounting for it today in their feed and residual category. They bumped that 150 million bushels compared to where they were in the June estimates. Other demand revisions, they did cut ethanol by 25 million bushels. Not a huge surprise there based on how uh, run rates have been up to this point. That number, 5.225 billion uh, after the 25 million bushel haircut today. That is a net increase in your domestic usage, though, with the higher feed and residual category by 125 million bushels. And then they they did the hat trick today. They went for the trifecta. They did cut exports today as well. So each demand bucket saw a revision today, feed and residual higher, exports lower uh, by 75 million bushels. So pretty good cut to the export picture for corn. And again, that really isn't a surprise with how poor uh, export sales and inspections have been so far this year. So overall, uh, we do get a net demand gain though with the feed and residual bump higher of 150 million bushels, uh, net gain of 50 million bushels in all demand categories when you total those up. And so we get an ending stocks number for old crop corn, a shade over 1.4 billion at 1.402. That's down 50 million bushels from last month, brings stocks to use down slightly to 10.2%. So Old crop situation, you know, feels a lot like what we would have expected after seeing the quarterly stocks data at the end of June. So that becomes our starting point as we start to put this new crop balance together. So let's flip the page to that uh, side of things. We're talking the 23 crop that's growing in the field. Uh, These are the numbers that are associated with that. So if you remember June 30th, we saw the the corn acreage increase, of course, up to 94.1 million acres. That was a bearish surprise uh, to the market on June 30th. 
and so those are the numbers they use today. So 94.1 million planted acres. Uh, we actually saw harvested acreage, the percentage, uh, the amount of acres that you harvest as a percent of what you plant. Uh, they typically use, uh, you know, like a 91.2 to 91.8 kind of a percentage. We're going to harvest, you know, 91, 92% of what we plant. Uh, the rest is abandoned, either gets cut for silage or maybe it drowns out or it burns up or uh, Mother Nature takes care of it either with wind or hail, something like that. Uh, so those are pretty typical, but they, for whatever reason, they did bump harvested acreage percentage up ever so slightly today from 91.4 to 91.7%. Maybe they're feeling better about some crop prospects and less abandonment just due to maybe better crops in the Western feed markets with an active rain pattern for that area in June. Yield, that was the big topic, right? So we've got the worst uh, crop ratings uh, really since 1980-something, uh, uh, 88, uh, going back a long ways. Uh, and that's really been the market chatter that this yield is just not there. They did acknowledge a dry June, and they actually said that right in their report today. I'll just read it verbatim here. The yield projection is based on a weather-adjusted trend estimated using the 1988 to 2022 time period, assuming normal planting progress, but lowered to reflect extreme dryness during June. So USDA did acknowledge that. That's atypical for them. We usually do not see adjustments in this July report. The years where we have seen that, it's been because of slow planting progress, which they reference right here in the report. So uh, they did cut the yield by four bushels an acre uh, today down to 177.5. If you apply that to the acreage uh, that we saw, 86.3 for harvested acreage, you get production of 15.32 billion. That's up 55 million bushels from last month. Not really a surprise there. And really, they made no, no demand adjustments of any kind. And so overall, uh, your ending stocks increased by 5 million bushels. We had a lower carry-in from last year's tighter stocks, and then the increase in production due to uh, you know the net increase in acres. So carry-out grows by 5 million to 22.62. Stocks to use ratio at 15.6%. That is uh, a really big number. Basically implies that we've got ample supplies relative to what we're consuming. Would imply corn in the... Uh, low fours for a fair market value or potentially even lower just based on where other historical stocks to use percentages have been. Uh, so that was the domestic balance sheet today. Really wouldn't say there was anything surprising in what we saw. A lot of conversations around where that yield was going to come in, not far from uh, the pre-report uh, estimates. So, uh, you know, corn did react a little bit negatively today, finishing down 17 and back near those contract lows. Uh, at least that we've seen so far this calendar year. Um, as we look at the world balance sheet, we saw offsetting numbers out of South America, Argentina production and exports down 1 million tons, Brazilian production and exports up 1 million tons. So those two really cancel each other out. Uh, small revisions everywhere else. Uh, one thing we mentioned last, uh, last time out, we had Eddie Conner on with RJO, and we were talking a little bit about Ukrainian corn exports. Certainly, uh, you know, that's part of the bullish camp that the war is ongoing in the eastern uh, front of Europe. And uh, how can we, you know, not be acknowledging that with the production issues there? I went back and looked at May 2022. That's initially when we get the first new crop balance sheet estimates from the USDA. 
So this was a year ago in May. And I was just curious where the USDA pegged the initial Ukrainian corn export number at. I uh, looked that up before we hopped on today. So their initial estimate last May was 9 million tons of exports out of Ukraine. You know, this was during the height of uh, the war between Ukraine and Russia. And there was a lot of emotional reactions to fear, really thinking that we weren't going to see any grain moving out of Ukraine. So their initial estimate was 9 million tons last May. Today, after bumping in another 1 million tons, it's up to 28 million metric tons for the USDA's estimate on Ukrainian exports for this uh, old crop marketing year. So you can see how this market has gotten more comfortable with the idea that, hey, despite the conflict, Ukraine is shipping grain out of that region, and it's just methodically moved higher uh, throughout the last uh, 13 months. And so interesting to note, we talked about that with Eddie last month and, and got the numbers to you today. Uh, if you look at the new crop estimates from the USDA uh, for the global balance sheets, no revisions today other than a half a million ton tick higher in Ukrainian corn uh, production ideas up from 24.5 to 25 million metric tons. Uh, that is a little bit lower than uh, what their forecast is for them today at 27. They do think uh, Ukrainian corn exports might struggle a little bit more this next year. They forecasted that at 19.5. So those were your global balance sheet revisions. Big picture, uh, I think the thing to mention as we talk about the global balance sheet is just the size of the Brazilian safrina crop. That's their second crop corn. Uh, That harvest is ongoing right now. Yields are good. Production is a record. And uh, we're really dealing with cheap grain prices down there. Uh, the infrastructure's uh, not as good in South America as it would be in the United States. And so that grain gets cheap and it becomes attractive to global buyers. So uh, that's why you're seeing uh, U.S. corn exports really struggle. There's just cheap supplies available in other parts of the world and uh, it's priced to move. And so the United States is kind of a supplier of last resort when we uh, deal with competitors who really just don't have the infrastructure or the capital uh, to hold that grain off the marketplace like the U.S. does. Uh, so that's the corn corn updates today. Again, corn uh, finishes down 17 and three quarters on the new crop, December 483 and three quarters, and really back towards the bottom end of uh, its recent lows after we started to see rains fall on the eastern corn belt. Actually did make new lows today for the move um, after the report. Uh, looking at the soybean side of things, let's flip the page over and take a look at that. A lot of demand revisions in the bean balance sheet today. Let's start with old crop. We saw USDA bump, ex, or excuse me, imports to the United States up by 5 million bushels. Uh, that bumped the supply by the same amount. Uh, we did cut exports today by 20 million bushels to 1.980 billion. Uh, some adjustments to seed and residual on lower soybean acres in the U.S. this year. Seed down 5 million bushels, residual up four, pretty much offsetting one another. And then as you look at the total of all those coming together, you really get usage down 20 million bushels and ending stocks up 25 uh, with the higher imports and then the cut to the demand. So you've got ending stocks for old crop beans at 255 million bushels. Stocks to use ratio still tight, 5.9%. And that then becomes our starting point as we talk about the soybeans that are growing in the field as we start to look at the 23-24 projections in the balance sheet for next year. Uh, So let's take a look at that. 
Same methodology that we talked about in corn. USDA is going to use those planted acreage uh, numbers that they gave us June 30th. So again, that was the bullish surprise in those numbers. If you recall, soybeans reacted uh, very strong that day after seeing the 4 million acre cut relative to where we were March 31st. Um, so that's what they used today. 83.5 million planted acres, 82.7 million harvested. Did not change the yield. Pre-report estimates were expecting that maybe we would see a cut, but USDA held the line in the sand, uh, basically stating the projected yield is based on a weather-adjusted trend model. Uh, so not enough of an impact in June, apparently with the dry weather to have uh, prompt the USDA rather to change the number. So uh, we're stuck at 52, uh, which would be a record yield in the bean, bean balance sheet if realized. Going down the new crop side of things, again, those beginning stocks bumped higher because of a higher carry in from the old crop. Uh, production down 210 million on lower acres. Uh, as we look at the new crop demand categories, probably no surprises here. Uh, when we saw the acres get cut June 30th, you knew the USDA was going to have to get uh, a little bit aggressive in cutting demand just to make the numbers work uh, to keep this balance sheet from getting too tight. And a little bit of justification, to be honest with you, as you look at the new crop uh, export book out of the U.S., um, it's a fraction of where it's been in years prior. That's a direct reflection of a really large crop in Brazil this past year uh, that's really going to bleed into the U.S. fall this year and cut into some of our sep September, October business that we would typically be shipping out of this country. Uh, and so they did cut exports by 125 million bushels versus a month ago. Uh, pretty big haircut there for the for that demand category. Crushed down 10. Uh, so overall demand down 135 million bushels versus last month. Uh, you carry all of that through with your supply cuts and you get an ending stocks revision down by 50 million bushels versus a month ago. So we're dealing with a 300 million bushel carryout estimate after today's report. Which is which is not burdensome by any means in these beans. Uh, beans did react negatively today, and that probably has a lot to do with where the pre-report trade estimate was, which was 100 million bushels less than what we saw today. Uh, so the market was really maybe hoping that we would see demand uh, maintained by the USDA uh, because we knew that the the supply was going to get cut just with lower acres, but. Uh, USDA did not respond that way. They cut the demand uh, to keep the balance sheet a little bit more intact. And uh, you get a pretty negative reaction by beans today down, uh, you know, 29, 30 cents, depending on the month uh, is where we ended up. Stocks to use ratio, 7.02%, uh, uh, a little bit easier uh, of a situation than what we dealt with with this old crop marketing year. But, you know, as you look at that balance sheet, uh, you know, we've got to produce a record yield in the United States uh, to make that happen. And uh, we're already dealing with exports after the revision today, 130 million bushels less than where they were in this old crop marketing year compared to two years ago. That number is, quick math here, 302 million bushels less on the export program than what we did in 21-22. Uh, so, so you're really seeing this export number come down, again, a reflection of a large crop out of Brazil that's going to cut into the U.S. business to start our harvest season. And then we're going to have to see what type of crop South America executes on this winter uh, before that export program starts up again in February of 2024. Uh, looking at the global balance sheet revisions for beans, uh, really nothing to write home about uh, in the bean side of things today. Uh, mostly the focus, again, is on that large South American crop uh, and then dealing with 
reduction in, in U.S. exports. So as we, as we look at this thing and looking ahead at what's coming down the pike, we're in U.S. pollination right now for the corn crop. Um, and then uh, getting into August, we'll get into the important weather phase for soybean production. Next USDA report is going to be in early August. And this is the one where they're going to use uh, some satellite imagery to get a gauge on their yield estimates. Uh, so they will have an opportunity to tweak that um, whichever way, no guarantees that it comes down. Uh, but that is an opportunity for the USDA to get a little bit more data around how they're gauging this yield uh, before we get into your more objective-based yield estimates as we get into the September report and beyond. So that's where we find things today. Overall, seasonally, this is not a friendly time of the year once we get past this report. Uh, for the corn market, soybeans potentially hang on a little bit longer. Just as you look at the seasonals and uh, as we look at that August weather, as we get into filling pods uh, for the soybean crop. So that's where things are at today. Uh, just a quick note on the old crop side of things. If you're sitting on old crop grain, continue to see uh, old crop basis on the soybeans fade. Uh, you might see some pops here and there as we deal with you know, lower board values and, and the cash markets trying to pry some available bushels loose. Probably been more so the story in corn as we've seen basis values recover some. But overall, make no mistake, uh, these premium values you're seeing in old crop basis eventually will meet new crop values. It's the job of the market to make sure that that happens. And uh, it, it'll develop as we go through these next two months and get closer to uh, the U.S. fall harvest. That's going to do it for episode number 44 of the CBA Grain Exchange. Tune in in early August as we dissect the August WASDE report. And until then, stay safe. Thanks for listening to the CBA Grain Exchange. Stay up to date on all things CBA Grain by signing up for our grain emails at cbacoop.com grain or follow us on social media at Central Valley Ag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next month, and until then, stay safe.